Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, an Apple original series. The world is on fire. I decided to do something about it. On November 17th. This place, it's not ours. Believe me. The most massive event of the year arrives. If you come with me, you'll know everything, I promise. Oh my God, go, go, go! Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. Streaming November 17th, only on Apple TV+. This episode is brought to you by Michigan Economic Development Corporation. In Michigan, you can have both a rewarding career and a quality lifestyle with plentiful career opportunities in world-changing, innovating industries, from electric vehicles to clean energy to biotech, with room for advancement no matter where you are in your career. Plus, Michigan offers a welcoming, beautiful, affordable, and inclusive community for all. Live your best life. You can in Michigan. Visit themichiganlife.org. All right, what is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. Today, we have Ben Witte here with us, the founder and CEO of The Drink Recess. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Ben. Thanks for having me on. Excited to talk to you. So I personally, I've seen Recess everywhere for a while now, man. And when I first tried it myself, I was like, this is dope. And then I know when we first got connected over email, I was like, I'd love to have you on the show to really dive into the story of it. But for those that may not know what Recess is, I'd love for you to give them an overview of the beverage that you created. Yeah. So um, I'll kind of first describe our first product and then like throughout the show, I'll describe like more broadly how I actually think about Recess. Uh, but our first product uh, that's you know on the market today uh, is a flavored sparkling water uh, with CBD and adaptogenic herbs. Uh, that's designed to deliver kind of a feeling of calm and relaxation, you know, as opposed to stimulation from coffee or energy drinks or, you know, intoxication from alcohol. We really think uh, a new kind of category is emerging, which I can you know, tell you about. Absolutely. So where did this journey begin, man? Like when was that first product created at Recess and like where did this idea originate from? Yeah, maybe I'll kind of start like go all the way back because it's one of these ideas that like, the dots connect backwards. Like if you would have told me a few <laughs> years ago, I was starting a beverage company, I would have said you're crazy. Um, yep. But uh, it kind of, you know, it, it makes sense uh, as things, you know, do. Um, so I grew up in Southern California in a, a small kind of surf town called Laguna Beach. Uh, I was kind of a surfer growing up and very much like, uh, I'd say, creatively oriented. I was really into making movies. Um, and I made like a, you know, a documentary about surfing and skimboarding in, in my town of Laguna. And that was like really my first, kind of creative project and entrepreneurial endeavor and, you know, was a thing. Um, and, um, but, uh, you know, anyways, thought I was going to study film uh, in college, but ended, ended up going to college in Boston, actually, um, and did studied undergraduate business, which I kind of regret in <laughs> retrospect, but just because I don't really believe in, in uh, business school, uh, or at least undergraduate business yeah. school. Um, and, uh, but, you know, interestingly, I'm 33. So I graduated in 2010 right when the kind of the Silicon Valley startup scene was starting to explode. Um, And I was like very attractive, attracted to what was happening there. And so decided, you know, when I graduated, I wanted to move to San Francisco and work for an early stage startup. And it was there for seven years at two early stage tech companies, both in the kind of digital advertising space. Actually, the first company was a three person startup and we were like building an influencer marketing platform, you know, for social media back in 2010, like in my space. And so it was like right idea, wrong, uh, wrong time, like wrong team type of thing. 
Uh, but like I very, from the earliest days got exposed to thinking about how would brands build themselves in a social media and digital driven world. Um, and I think a lot of that translated to recess, you know, but long story short, uh, you know, the more time I spent, you know, within, you know, these even fast growth, you know, super fast growth startups, the more I realized, like, I wanted to go out on my own and start one. Uh, but I also realized that my passions and strengths were better suited to build like a consumer brand or experience, not build some B2B company. Because like inherently, uh, you know, what I'm passionate about, I think, is like creativity, design, like, you know, where, where, what consumers are going to want in the future. Right. And so I set my kind of eyes to kind of explore uh, things in that space. I spent a year exploring like a hotel concept, like Soho House meets a high-end hostel targeted the WeWork crowd. Nice. Decided like I didn't, it wasn't like real estate development was not the business I wanted to be in. <laughs> uh, so scraped that, moved to New York. And look, the origin of recess was, you know, this was basically a year after Trump had got elected. And I remember thinking to myself when Trump got elected, like, I don't know anything about the future other than that it's going to be crazy. Um, right. And, and that I think, you know, because I think, you know, it symbolized that we are like living in this transformational period in history, which is like overwhelming and stressful. Right. And people are trying to make sense of it. Right. You know, I'm a politically independent person, but like, it was still like a significant event that was like, wow, like the future is going to be nuts. Um, and, uh, so that was like initial kind of inkling. And then about a year later I was in New York, I had started to see CBD oil kind of bubbling up on the periphery in natural food stores. And I've always been like a naturally kind of anxious, stressed out, you know, wired millennial. Um, and at the time I was working with kind of two different friends, um, in this kind of incubator that we were, you know, starting called life capital and the, uh, and kind of our observation was, um, basically that the user experience of putting CBD under your tongue is not a great one. But the way to think about CBD is as a compound, no more interesting than caffeine or alcohol, even for that matter. Yeah. Ultimately, it's just a commoditized functional ingredient that delivers a feeling, right? In our case, like calm and relaxation. Um, and that the opportunity would be to effectively go build the Red Bull of the category, right? Mm-hmm. And that it just made sense as an ingredient and a beverage. And this idea of calm and relaxation as a value proposition just made sense, right? For consumers. I'm like, I think this is going to be something people are going to be looking for in the future, right? This idea of products that we consume that help us relax. So um, that was like the initial insight. And when I had that, I had never, didn't know a single person that had ever worked in the food or beverage industry or cannabis for that matter. You know, all my friends were more, more in like tech and finance, and like real estate. But what I observed, um, so I started looking, thinking about like the food and beverage space. And I had a number of you know, really interesting observations. Like if you, I looked at Red Bull and I'm like, Red Bull's, you know, what is Red Bull? It's like, is it just a company about putting caffeine in cans or is it this whole like lifestyle brand in this world? And it's fundamentally a business of creating and integrating in the culture. And you're all, it's all of a, a huge like brand marketing exercise yeah. uh, because beverages have this very unique attribute in that there's no other product that we have the potential to buy every single day and use every single day. Yeah. Right. So people that drink Starbucks or Red Bull or LaCroix or Coke tend to drink it multiple times per week. Right. And that creates this very interesting dynamic where basically like if you own a category and define a category in a consumer's mind, like you have a very big brand, like in society. Right. Um, 
And I saw this opportunity to kind of do the same, right? And that this, my bet was that basically relaxation as an idea would be like something, you know, you know, in the future, right? Um, and that the third thing I saw was that basically we were entering a new era in terms of how these brands would be built, right? And that yep. Red Bull, Coca-Cola, White Claw, they were all fundamentally built the same way in an analog world, right? And those brands were really not designed for the internet, right? And that uh, my observation is that basically like in the past, uh, brands were built on the shelf, quote unquote. <laughs> and in yep. the future, that would, you know, brand building would increasingly take place, you know, on our phones and in social media. And that's a fundamental game changer, right? For everything from distribution to brand building to what your business model is. And so, you know, the bet was like, all right, one, like, I think this category relaxation is going to be big. I think CBD and adaptogens and other ingredients can be used to deliver that feeling. I can go create a brand like, like Red Bull, which is like really like a lifestyle brand focused on culture and that um, I'm going to try and do it in a new way. Right. Yeah. And I view recess as like the first digitally native beverage brand to some degree. Um, and so that's, that's, that's it. That's so cool, man. So what year was that when you guys officially launched the product? Yeah, so we launched in late October 2018. So just over two years ago, uh, I launched it out of my apartment in the East Village, tiny one-bedroom apartment. I had one other full-time, like quasi-full-time employee at the time. Okay. Um, and it was one of these things we like pressed live. We did like a direct-to-consumer, direct-to-consumer internet-only launch. Yeah. Uh, both because like, you know, that's just how I thought, you know, you would do things, right? So you guys and, uh, were making the product, like traded the product and then we're like, okay, we're going to market. We're going to build a brand on social and here we go. Test it out. Yeah, no, no, that's, no, no, no. I don't want, like, I was running the company out of my apartment. Like we had yeah. a, you know, like a manufacturing partner. I had like a design, like a couple of des- totally. freelance designers, but like, you know, man, like, you know, this was not a big operation, right? Um, but I did, as you can see the brand, I was like, what I, what I saw is like, you look, you hear about all these like food and beverage companies that like emerged. So many of them like were literally like someone made the granola bar in their kitchen. They made the label on like PowerPoint and like, <laughs> then they went to market and then they would like build the lifestyle, the brand like five years later. Yeah. I'm like, no, like beverages are fundamentally about the brand. Right. And it's about transferring like an emotion and like an idea to into consumers. Right. And that like, you have to go to market with a very, polished idea right and everyone else was just like slapping cbd on the label and just like thinking that was sufficient when in with recess i think we created this whole kind of story and narrative uh, around the idea right and antidote to modern times take a recess so you can feel calm cool collected yep. not like hey like we're water plus cbd like no yeah. one cares right <laughs> um, and like go look at any other category right so that's the thing i've i've felt to be strange is that like, I, I, I've never heard anyone refer to Red Bull as a caffeine company in my life yet. People refer to recess as like a CBD company. And I'm like, no, you're like kind of missing the big idea. Like it's like one of the ingredients cool. that we can use to deliver a feeling. And so I think all of that, those early insights of what like driven like our strategy and our brand architecture, which you see out there. I love it. And even too, when I first um, checked out your website. I was blown away by just how you guys are not only positioned, but the brand and the feeling you give to the customer. Like for everyone listening, if you go to the recess, take a recess.com, like just that whole flow and vibe, like you instantly get what you guys are about when it comes to the positioning and the brand and 
that feeling overall. Um, when you, when you talk about building brands, I'd love to hear like sort of, you know, did it start out with this simple, clean, colorful can that you guys have today, or has it transitioned over time when it comes to the look and feel of the actual product? No, there's the look and feel like that, you know, you know, we created in the earliest days. And I and think some of my thinking was, again, we want to come up, you know, the brand that's marketing the usage occasion and the feeling, not the ingredient. Uh, so back to the idea of like not marketing CBD, but of marketing the idea of recess. Yep. That like, it was a route like calm and balance, not like THC, like getting you stoned or putting you to sleep, <laughs> right? It was like much more meant to be more nuanced. Like the original like usage occasion that we thought would be the main one would be like in the afternoon, like as a substitute for coffee. Um, And so it's really like, that was the original idea. Um, We wanted to feel like I was trans, we were transporting you a little bit right into this world, right? It's it's meant to help you like kind of escape reality when you think about it. Like that's what you use caffeine and alcohol to do. Like we don't talk about these things, but it's the truth. Right. Like that, like, you, you know, you, you, you want to feel something. Right. And this is a new feeling that we had to like bring into the world. Right. The idea of feeling calm and balanced, but not like sleepy and like stoned. Right. This, that distinct nuance right there. Yeah. Right. And so it was meant to be somewhat like uplifting. Um, we wanted to market the brand towards, you know, millennial creatives and creators. Right. Just like Red Bull focused on the action sports community and Gatorade focused on. Uh, professional athletics, like we were focused on, you know, activating and, um, you know, the, the millennial creator, uh, creative community. Right. And so, and then you can see, I would, in addition to our website, I would suggest checking out our Instagram, which is also at take a recess. Yep. And that's a big part of our, that was basically our whole marketing strategy. In the (laughs) early days, like our strategy was one Instagram post a day, like that was it. And, but the posts were like very thoughtful and like well-designed and we created this yep. whole world. And what I describe our Instagram strategy as, as is a social commentary on the millennial existence. And right, we're, we're creating yep. these pieces of content every day um, that is meant to like touch on all of these things that we're all like living through in this moment in this like funny tongue in cheek way, right? So our brand voice is very sarcastic. Like I describe it as you know, profound wisdom delivered with humor. Like each of the cans has like taken on a personality um, and those personalities are meant to like represent like a millennial archetype. So like Pete Ginger is like the party girl, black cherry is like the goth girl. Yeah. Uh, Coconut limes, like the Miami hustler. Right. <laughs> and they're all like the, you know, this like archetype of like millennial yeah. types that we know. And that allows us to kind of, you know, comment on things happening in society. Right. And just do like infinite interesting ideas. And I think we have a lot of opportunity to scale you know, our content, right? We're all, we haven't used talent. We haven't used influencers. We haven't used photography. We haven't used video, right? Like we haven't gone into TikTok. Like there's a lot of things we can go do. Totally. That's amazing, man. And I, I remember I took a look at your Instagram briefly, but now that I just kind of take a look and jump down it, like you guys are, you guys are on top of not only trends, but the look and feel of it is just epic, man. So <laughs> congratulations on that. That's super cool. Um, when you, when you think about just the business model and, you know, if someone's out there looking to launch a beverage, what was the process from going to idea to direct to consumer to, you know, being in Airwans and all these different types yeah. of stores that you guys are in? Like, what was that process like for you and some of the challenges and hurdles that you had to jump through? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because 
you know, when I started working on, on, on recess, like food and beverage was not like a hot space that like a lot of startup and entrepreneurs were tackling, right? At that time, it was pretty much like tech and app focused, yeah. right? But then, so, but I saw that as an opportunity. Like, I think you want to like kind of play, get into spaces that are early where there's going to be a lot of change. And I saw like some of the dynamics in food and beverage. So first thing I'd say is like, I literally had no idea what I was doing. Like I went on Google, like, how do you make a drink? Like reached out to the first like formulation company that was probably running search ads, right? Like, yeah, you know, but I think it's about like breaking down something into its parts. Like this stuff is not rocket science, right? You needed a formulation, right? That formulation in our case has going to have flavor and functional ingredients that, you know, have to be combined to deliver it. You need the formula to meet a few attributes, right? I want it to be under 30 calories, under five grams of sugar, you know, made it through real fruit, you know, flake carbonated. Like I was like, I'm going to do a flavored sparkling water. And like, that feels like that's going to be the trendy category. Yeah. Right. So you just have like, you start to set some like design constraints. Right. So then, so that's the liquid. And then you're like, okay, there's the brand, there's the outside. Like I have to, how, you know, what's the name, what's the value proposition? Like, how am I going to communicate this? And I think it's always important that like, when you're doing something new to figure out like what is changing in the world? Like, how am I going to do something differently than everyone else? Right. So I have this idea of like, you want to like identify things that were like, you reject the premise almost. Like I, I was like, I reject the premise that we are a CBD company. Like CBD yeah. is a, one of a couple ingredients. Like I love that. Go look at like other uh, labels. Like everyone in the label is like just blasting you with like, we're 30 grams of protein. We're gluten, you know, we're gluten free. We're organic. Like we're all of these things. We're just like stickers on them. I'm just like, we're recess. Like, that's it. Like we are recess. Right. And so it's like, and everyone told everyone still like a lot of people tell me that's dumb. Like you should be calling out all this stuff on your label. I'm like, no, it's clean. Right. So I think you want to like, as you're developing like your idea, figure out like what is your different angle you can take to break through it. Right. Cause it's so crowded now in every industry, right? Like whether you're starting a podcast, if you're a beverage company, an app, like, uh, whatever. Um, it's very crowded. Um, and so like you need to differentiate. And so that was the thing with our Instagram, like our Instagram looks, there's no reference to it. Literally. Like there, yeah, we, I think we really did invent something totally. like a new style and it's, but you, you remember that that's very memorable. And then when you see recess out in the world, you have all these interesting associations with that. So, so I just think it's like, you know, breaking a project down into its parts, figuring out like, how is your strategy going to be differentiated to allow you to break through? Um, and the final thing I'd say is like making sure, you know, this isn't directly what you ask, but I think it's very important. It's like, you know, making sure it's the right opportunity to pursue. Like, and it's like both in two, two forms. First and foremost, is it like, am I the right person to go build this? Does this opportunity play to my strengths? Like I see too many like founders that are like, you know, they're more like the business school MBA type. And they like did some analysis that says like this industry is like hot yeah. and they have no like passion or connection to it. Like, whereas I had no connection to food or be- like no direct like experience there. But then I'm like, you're really in the brand building business. I've always loved food. I've always been trying to solve this problem for myself. Yeah. Right. So it just felt like I'm building something for myself that was happens to be relevant for others. Right. And I think that's really important because it's so fucking hard 
that like if it's not if that's not the case you'll just like give up pretty much not worth it right so for sure no absolutely that that totally makes sense and I, i know we were jumping around but back to the like thesis of like getting it now you know you have this product you created it now what's next? You know, how do you get into a physical store? What was that process like? Is it knocking on doors? Is it having the connections? Like what was that process to get into your first store at recess? And what was that? Yeah, no, it was my strategy was launch online first, like basically create the buzz online in order to go offline. Right. And the reason like for food and beverage, especially why I think online is the right place to launch. um, And I think you should quickly go into retail, but you're fundamentally about introducing a story into the world, right? Food and beverage are culture, right? It's like almost, it's an idea. It's like a meme, like to some degree, like in the meta sense, (laughs) right? So I had to like, there was no one out there even talking about relaxation or products or beverages. Like there was common headspace, but no one was like going into a store looking for products that help them relax directly. They're going into a store looking for, you know, caffeine drinks, you know, kombucha, alcohol, but not this idea, right? Yeah. And so we had to, you, like the idea of our website was it's very much a, a narrative, right? Of the idea of taking a recess, which is like our fundamental like purpose. Yep. Um, and that, you know, you know, we were able to get a lot of buzz. It was one of these things that like just, we launched it and we did like 40 times our first month's projected sales, <laughs> which were ridiculously conservatively low. Like, yeah. but- it was still one of these things that we pressed go and it was just obvious that like this was an idea that consumers were connecting to. And then it becomes a different exercise, right? Of like, okay, like what are my next moves I have to make to scale this? Right. And, and, um, but we stayed online only for like the first three or four months. Okay. Right. Cause we wanted to create that. And then, and then we went in, then we launched New York and the reason New York was the right market to launch in is because New York has by far the, like, obviously it's the most dense city and it has the most like independent account, like bodegas basically, which LA doesn't really have. And so within a few month period, like we were everywhere in New York in every bodega and it just felt like recess was just all around you. Yeah. And so, but that was running out of my apartment still. Like, you know, this is not like I hired this, this, you know, one of the first, you know, three or four hires was this, you know, lady who was a, who was our first sales hire. And we, it was like, you know, just walking into bodegas, just hustling. Like, yeah. and then we signed a distribution deal and, you know, I've ended up hiring executives and raising money all, along the way. Like not, you know, I can talk about that, but, uh, huh. it was, uh, yeah, it was just one foot in front of the other step-by-step. Step. I love that, man. When did you guys raise money and, um, what was that process like for you guys internally at recess? Well, we each, my initial partners and I, we each put in some money uh, to start, like to get you know, the product developed and like the brand developed. And yeah, like I was like willing to, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna put, you know, it was like less than a hundred thousand dollars. Like, um, but you know, I was like, we are going to, I was like, I'm going to invest in the brand because fundamentally without a good brand, you're not going to break through And that. And, and people cheap out. I'm like, it's very important to recognize like, what is the business you are in? Like you think you're just in like the putting ingredients in a package business but that's not really how it works. Right. Um, so like we probably invested more in a brand upfront relative to anyone else at the time, but it obviously made sense. Um, and, um, then right before launch when I had like a pro, like pretty much a finished product, finished formula brand and I have this thesis, like I have like a, like a very much a a thesis about the world. Right. And that this category, here's what's going to happen. 
And it kind of played out, right? And so the thesis made sense. The brand made sense as like a way to, you know, go after the opportunity. And, you know, we ended up raising, you know, 2 million bucks, right? When we launched um, from like some New York city consumer investors and people like that. And it was not easy at the start. Like it was, it was not. And then, um, and then, yeah, we've, you know, we, we raised a good amount of money throughout the, the process. And, you know, I, I came from San Francisco, so I knew like the culture, like around yeah. venture capital and a lot of my friends were in it. Um, but, you know, in your first company, yeah, I, I can understand how it can be tough to break into, but now they're to an extent, but now there's just so much, like it's such a more of a part of our culture, yeah. like entrepreneurship and startups, right? It's just sure, like sure. infused into everything right now. Yeah. So what were some of the, uh, cause I'm actually right now we're raising a, for my company, mediakids.com, we're raising a million dollar pre-seed round. We're about halfway committed. And you know, we've had hurdles along the way from pitching all these different investors for you. Like what were some of the hurdles and lessons that you want to tell early stage founders when going to raise capital, you have some traction with a product or you're just getting it started and you really want to raise capital to, to scale the business. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously you, you have to like lay out the opportunity and like, what your vision of the future is because all these opportunities are fundamentally about, you know, some things changing in the world that like will change people's behaviors. Yeah. Um, having the right like plan to get there. And I'm not talking like five-year plan, like one-year plan. Like what are the step-by-step things we need to do to be able to get to the next step? Like, so for me, it was like launch, like show people want this, then hire like a salespeople, put it in stores, show people, you know, that that's moving, sign a distribution deal, hire another executive, right? Like, like yeah. step by step, right? But I think there's also, you know, pre-product market fit and post-product market fit are also two fundamentally different things, right? Like the early stages like are about validating that you created that something some people want, right? And there's yeah. the, sometimes that can take a lot of time. Right. Um, and then once you do validate that and like determining like what is the right information to determine that it becomes a different exercise scaling. Um, and so just knowing like what part of the journey you're in, I think is important um, and not go, trying to scale too quickly, which you know typically requires raising money and all that stuff, more money. Right. Um, and that becomes this like dangerous dance. Right. Um, so yeah. Figuring out like what stage the, 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 the company you're in. And then most importantly is like your team, right? Like I had like a vision and idea, but like I couldn't do, I'm not a, a designer. I'm not a formulator. I'm not a copywriter. I'm not good <laughs> at finance. Like, but I was able to like identify undervalued talent that was able to like, and get them to believe in what I was creating and that we created, um, and that just complimented me. So I think being, yeah. being founders about creating like a system that allows you to do what you do best, right. And not focus on your, your weaknesses. Totally. I love that, man. And so you're currently in LA now. How has it been from expanding from New York to LA? What are the differences in the market and people that may not know, like how many stores and areas do you guys cover in the U S? Yeah. Uh, we're in 2000 stores, uh, plus, uh, in, in the U S we have distributors in nine States. Um, sorry, let me turn my message. Off. Okay. 
There we go. Sorry about that. Um, so, uh, so Recess is carried in 2,000 stores uh, approximately uh, in the U.S. at this time. Uh, we have distributors in nine states, so the New York tri-state area, Texas, uh, Southern California, Northern California, Oregon, Washington, Chicago, um, and we'll be you know, expanding into new markets throughout the year. Um, because we have CBD in our product, in this current product, um, we are not carried in the national retailers yet. So we're in like the Air Wands, but not Whole Foods, right? Um, and so that's been a whole constraint in the business that I could spend kind of hours <laughs> talking about. Um, but in some ways, it's actually a benefit to us because it's given us the time to kind of establish ourselves. Um, yep. We have a big e-commerce business um, uh, on our website, and we'll be soon launching on Amazon. And so we have a bunch of different channels, but, and we work in a lot of different you know, types of accounts from a cafe to a grocery store, to a bar, you know, to a yoga studio, to offices. It's pretty diverse in terms of where the product can be sold. I love that. Um, when it comes to like the future of recess, what are you guys most excited about and where do you see the product going as the founder and CEO? Yeah. Um, well, we think there's just a lot of, di- like what we see is a lot of different moments throughout, um, you know, a consumer in our days um, where we, we are looking to kind of calm down and reset and like feel a, a distinct feeling. So how you start your day uh, is different than like what you're looking to feel around lunch, which is different than what you're looking to feel, you know, in the afternoon when you would traditionally go for your second cup of coffee, which is different than what you're looking to feel in the evening, like perhaps when you turn yeah. alcohol, which is different than before sleep, right? And so we think of recess as a brand that can create products that play in all of these different distinct usage occasions, you know, throughout your day to, you know, just basically optimize your mentality and your state of mind and feel better, right? We think basically all people use right now are caffeine and alcohol. Again, we see an opportunity to not like, I'm not like I drink both, right? But it's, do I need like, do I need two or three cups of coffee a day? Do I need to drink every night? Do I need to drink multiple drinks a night, right? Or can products like recess, you know, play a role there. So that's, uh, I'd say what the future is about. Very cool. Well, last thing before we wrap up here, Ben, is just, if you were to give yourself advice when you were starting all over again with recess, what would that advice be and why? I think it's kind of what I alluded to earlier, which is uh, making sure you're picking the right idea. And I think there's definitely something about just like getting started and hustling, right? And that's a different there's like different types of startups, right? Like there's a startup where like, it makes sense to be all in on. And then there's other, like just like hustle side hustle projects. Right. And knowing the difference between the two is important for a startup that you're going to be like all in on. And you know, you're basically signing up to dedicate 10 plus years of your life to it's very important. That is something that I think you're passionate about. And so, you know, when I was in this phase of my life where I was trying to like figure out what the hell I wanted to do with my life, I met uh, someone who is a pretty se- like seasoned executive, uh, and uh, he told me something that I appreciate. It was like, pay attention to what you pay attention to. Basically, uh, the idea that you know the things you're thinking about, like in your free time, are what you're naturally most curious about, which is probably what you want to spend the most amount of your time thinking about, yeah. right? So, you know, if you if you're committed to you know, going on an entrepreneurial journey, make sure the idea that you select, uh, you are well suited to execute on. 
and that the opportunity is big enough, right? Because it's also stupid to waste your time going after things that are, are not that not going to work or are not that interesting. Totally. Well, Ben, I just want to say thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast today. I, I learned so much and I'm sure the audience did as well. Where's the best place for everyone to stay connected with Recess and yourself and overall yeah. actually get their hands on the drink? Yeah. So our website is takearecess.com. Um, and you can kind of uh, buy one of our sampler packs or subscribe. Um, our Instagram is also at takearecess. And then uh, on Twitter, I'm at Ben Witte, W-I-T-T-E. And uh, feel free to you know, DM me uh, any questions. Monarch Legacy of Monsters, an Apple original series. The world is on fire. I decided to do something about it. On November 17th. This place, it's not ours. Believe me. The most massive event of the year arrives. Come with me. You'll know everything, I promise. Oh my God, go, go, go! Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Streaming November 17th, only on Apple TV+. Plus.